Welcome back, everybody, to the relegation station brought to you by Kyle Barks and Connor Dugan. Today is our second episode. We have an awesome episode to present to you guys. A little Boxing Day recap from this weekend. Great Boxing Day as usual. We saw five winners and losers and ten teams draw. Um, some really wicked results overall in this uh, this past weekend. Going to touch upon all games. We also have our first guest in this episode, Logan Poncho. If you don't know Logan, he is the founder and owner of the Win Your Moment clothing brand. He's a college soccer player for Stanford, and he's a good friend of ours. Um, in this interview with Logan, he's going to share a little bit about his awesome soccer experiences through his life. He's going to talk to us about the creation and progression of the Win Your Moment clothing brand. And then we get to touch upon some various soccer topics for coming from all sorts of leagues. And uh, we'll hop into some manager discussions, uh, seeing if people are the right fit at certain clubs. And overall, it's a great interview. So we're really looking forward to uh, getting that out to you guys. And now a message from our sponsor. Yeah, we have a message from our friends at Win Your Moment. Win Your Moment is a clothing brand that makes moments matter. Win Your Moment provides stylish athletic wear from pants to shirts to hoodies to whatever your athleticism needs. Win Your Moment is blessing our fans with a chance to win some new gear at a discounted rate. All you have to do is get two friends and yourself to subscribe to our podcast and follow Win Your Moment on Instagram at Win Your Moment. All right, well, let's hop into the Premier League Weekend Recap. I said it once and I'll say it again. What an absolutely absurd Boxing Day. Incredible results. Starting us off, Leicester City versus Manchester United, 2-2. First thing that comes to mind, Bruno Fernandes. This player is raw and he could be the best midfielder in the Premier League. Yeah, I think he's the best player in the league. He's so influential with him without the ball. I mean, obviously, he's getting tons of goals and assists. I think he's created... Every single goal for United this entire season. I don't think anyone else has created any goals. I think he's created every single one of them. Um, He's a great player. Fun to watch. He's a joy to watch. Uh, He just has a smile on his face all the time, which is just, as a fan, it's fun to see. You kind of get behind him. I enjoy watching him play. Yeah, he um, comments Rashford really well. Uh, We saw it with... I don't know if he did get credited with the assist, but yeah, he definitely was whipping some balls in for Rashford, letting Rashford do a lot of attacking this game, um, which helped United just continue to uh, press on Leicester City, although it did finish 2-2. Manchester United looked good with Bruno and Rashford. Yeah, and we see a Barnes goal. The commentary on that one's going to be seen in the phrase of the week a little bit later. Um, great commentary. Going back it, to the Bruno Fernandez. It was a piss missile. Yeah, it was. There's no it way around it. Was. It was struck really, really well. I mean, I'm surprised the net stopped it. Might have gone <laughs> right through. And um, let's go back to the Bruno Fernandez. Supposedly, it was an assist where he sticks out his toe. He didn't mean it. It's not an assist. I mean, 
is an assist. I don't know. I don't. I think he got touched on I that. I think. But... I think it should be technically counted as an assist, but like he didn't. The more important thing is whether he meant it or not, and he didn't mean it. Are you sure? I think so. I don't know, dude. He didn't. I kind of thought he did. I thought he was just pushing the ball forward through that gap, so then it went to Rashford. I don't think, like, if you look at it, like, he doesn't check his shoulder right there to, like, peep left unless he's just, like, got Dude, six Dude, that's what I'm saying. He, he Dude, he's two steps ago. ahead of his opponents. Okay, maybe. There's a there's a possibility he meant it. I don't think he did. I think he was honestly trying to stop it. Like, he was trying to corral uh, it. He was I trying to bring saying. it in a little bit. Like, he was trying to hook it. It was just too far. And then he's thinking, like, ah, oh, maybe, like, I just nick it and it hits off someone's leg and something happens. But, um, obviously not. Nonetheless, Jamie Vardy and Lester were having a party, and both teams come out with a point after this match. Yeah. Looking in the next one, a huge game of Fulham versus Southampton. I hope yeah. no one watched this. I really, uh, for your, for viewing, for your eyes, for the bleeding in your eyes, please, I hope no one watched this game. Fulham, 18th place. Southampton, 9th place. Guess what? Let me let me tell you something really cool. That's four draws in a row for Fulham. I wonder if they're all 0-0. Zero, zero. Um, but you know what? For a, for a team that's fighting relegation, they're actually in 18th place. They will take four points out of four games. That is a ton of points for them. And I think they're still sitting in 18th after that. But they're like two points away from getting out. So they're on their way out. Are they going to well, get relegated? I don't know. Fight like hell, Fulham. <laughs> Best Next. of luck, Fulham. Next game, Aston Villa versus Crystal Palace. 3-0 thrashing for Aston Villa. Uh, Crystal Palace is poop. Crystal Palace. I mean, they just came off a 7-0 thrashing from Liverpool. And they come into this one. Aston Villa, a very good team this year, I think. Exciting to watch. 3-0. That is 10-0 on aggregate in the last two games. They got pooped on. Um, Crystal Palace... Best of luck to you guys. You could be going down. <laughs> if they keep it up, uh, by the end of the season, the Wolf conceded probably like 200, 300 goals. Maybe, just maybe. <laughs> All right, next game. This is the big one of the weekend, especially for Barks. Yeah. Arsenal versus Chelsea. Arsenal with a 3-1 to victory. Let's fucking go, you gunners. Yeah, that was a huge win. What a relief for Mikel Arteta. I think this buys them a couple more games in there. Maybe, I think it buys them more than just a couple games. I think it buys them weeks, um, maybe a month or two back in there because he wasn't uh, supposed to win this game. Horse. <laughs> and now he's got – I think it does. I really think it does. If you go and they beat – I think they have uh, – who do they have? They don't have West Brom. They have Brighton. Brighton's next. They, they got they a couple of shit game games ahead, ahead and but – and yeah, so if he wins those, then... There, and then they start getting some momentum going, and then that's going to create some more results. I think Arteta stays in. I think he's the right guy for the job. All right, well, yeah, I think if he wins these next couple of matches that Arsenal should win, then he probably buys himself a couple more weeks. And then sure. if, he, they've got, if they got the momentum, they're not going to sack him, so... Yeah. yeah. Okay, I'll, then, I'll agree with you there. In terms of a Chelsea lineup, we see Pulisic on the right again, which is not his position, not his best position. Okay, and then they put Abraham up top, and they put Timo on the left. I think Timo needs to be up top. Abraham, 
I think he needs the boot, but most importantly, I think Pulisic needs to be on the left. I think he, that's his most effective role. And then Timo Werner, he's been shocking. He has not scored in his last 10 games in all competitions. Uh, later, when we get into the Logan Poncho interview, we will touch on a little bit of a Bundesliga versus Premier League discussion and how Timo Werner came from the Bundesliga to the Premier League and how he hasn't had the same success. Yeah, um, it was a crazy game, and I think Chelsea has to fix something. I don't know yeah. where it starts. Arsenal but, yeah, looked the better team a, on the day. Yeah, they they looked the better team. Xhaka, not my captain, but the hero we the hero we all needed. Brilliant free kick. Uh, Saka, he didn't mean to score that. He means to cross it. It goes in. It's 3 nothing. That kills the game. That snaps the neck. Um, and it's all over from there. Moving on, City versus Newcastle. City wins 2-0. Uh, definitely the right result. Don't yeah. know what else would have happened in this game. Uh, yeah, I was watching this one, and I, I really – I think Newcastle maybe had like two chances, three chances the entire game. It was uh, dominated by City. That's their 13th clean sheet in all competitions. That's the most in uh, top five leagues really? uh, across yeah. the world, which is interesting. Um. That's kind of a new city, getting a lot of clean sheets. Yeah. That's what they could do with that. Uh, U.S. men's national team, DeAndre Yedlin, was in the starting 11 for Newcastle. doesn't really mean much, considering... Well, we'd love to see it, though. Yeah, I mean, we we, wish, we applaud those things, but he, I don't think he had a tough night. The team did. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, City was just dominant in this game. Right Definitely. result, 2-0, sure. Moving on. Sheffield United versus Everton. Oh, no. God, poor Sheffield. Can we just talk about them a little bit? Let's recap. Please. Two points. Talk about them. Two points, 15 games. Two points, 15 games, 20th. I've seen church teams um, (laughs) do better than that in in bigger competitions, actually. (laughs) Bigger competitions. Yeah, they are – they're struggling. You know, I'm going to root for Sheffield United. Oh, I'm rooting for them. I'm pulling for them, dude. I want them, like, I want us to come back here a week from now, and I want us, I want Sheffield to win 3 nothing. I don't even know who they play next. I want them to win. But this was a huge win for Everton. Sigurdsson, he scores 80th minute, and that moves them to solo dude, second place. Everton. Everton. Oh, my God. I think God. they'll fall. I think they'll fall. Oh. I mean, it's not really shocking that you heard it here first. You're probably hearing a lot of places. But... Uh, Everton fall from second, but they are there right now. Which I don't is, know uh, why, dude. Pretty but pretty remarkable. I am polling for Everton right now. I like seeing them in second place. It's it's fun. It's cool. Yeah. It's different. And then just the closing stat on Sheffield: they're winless in their last eighteen Premier League games. Okay, so the I they're they're used to the relegation station, you know. They have a they they a fast get pass a here. yeah they do they do they get they have the fast pass to the relegation station. You know what? I don't think there's anything wrong with that. There's teams nah. that struggle and that fight that relegation battle and they take pride in it and that's their life. And I I, I love those teams for it, honestly. Definitely. Um, All right, let's move on to Leeds versus Burnley. It's 1-0. It's a penalty from Bamford in the fifth minute. And that was pretty much it. This is another one of those games where I hope you didn't watch, honestly. I know yeah. Leeds are an exciting team to watch, but... Leeds are the people's team. Yeah, they are the people's team. That's for sure. 
but this one was boring. Yeah. Um, Nothing to write home about. I yeah, I agree. Burnley leads. I think they're probably tenth and eleventh in the table. I don't know exactly where they are, but I hope that game is not too much a.m. Yeah, I really do too. West Ham versus Brighton. Yeah. Two two. Wow. West Ham Brighton. Wow. Um, Malpe. I think that's how you say his name. He scored just before the half. Ben Johnson equalized in the 60th. Dunk scored for Brighton to give them their second lead of the game in the 70th. And then that was followed up by a Tomas Socek goal in the 82nd minute. And they split the points. I guess it was jam-packed with action. But two teams that oh, really shit. Yeah. could care less about. I, I was going to say, I don't West care. West Ham's le- in 10th. <laughs> yeah. Brighton, 16th. They're, you know, they're not. They're fighting. They're, they're right there. They're I mean, they're only two points clear of relegation after Fulham picked up their yeah. fourth draw in a row. Fourth draw in a row for Fulham. But that's getting them closer to getting out. And then this is the, mo- the most absurd result uh, we saw this weekend. Liverpool versus West Brom finishes 1-1. Holy shit. Yeah, Liverpool coming off a 7-0 thrashing over Crystal Palace where they dominated front to back and then they come into this game in the first half they go up like one nothing i think it might be fifth like the minute 15th i think minute. sadio mane it scores was an early. banger not a banger yeah, just mane a really scores, well-struck goal yeah good goal but they that first half they just dominated the half then we get in the second half they didn't really settle in joel matip matip he comes off with another injury which is a huge concern for liverpool as their center backs become depleting yeah uh, but Reese Williams came in, who's uh, straight out. He's one of their own, straight out of the academy. He's a good player, so we yeah. might see a little bit more of him depending on the extent of the injury to Maytip. Yeah, I think just overall one big thing to take away from this game was that Liverpool was not, you know, flying above the rest of the league at this point. Like, some of the momentum has been slowed down. Uh, Definitely. This and isn't I a game where they want to drop points to uh, a West Brom team. The 19th place team in the Premier League yeah, right now. So. This has to be three points. Yeah. Uh, part of that might have been because of Sam Allardyce was in, who we will talk about later in the Logan Poncha interview and discussion. Um, we'll talk a little bit about his managerial career and what he's been able to do. And then we see a glimpse of it here against Liverpool as they tie 1-1. All right, and what other games do we have? The last game of the week. Wolves versus Tottenham. Tottenham. Just to wrap this one up. Dude, what is going on with Tottenham? They need three they, points. They're dropping points. They have a uh, dropped nine points after last ten-minute goals. So yeah, from this, goals this season. In the last ten minutes yeah. of the game, they've dropped nine points total. Yeah. Which is, that, I mean, I'll tell you what that isn't. You're not finishing strong. Oh, yeah. And that's certain. You can't be dropping nine points. Also, are also uh, Tottenham, for all the Tottenham fans out there, they were the first team to win the league in December because you don't win in the league in December. You win yeah. it in May. But, um... So all that hype I heard about two weeks ago before they got two points out of their last four games, yeah, put them right back in their place. <laughs> Not to shit on the Tottenham fans. Um, I still have faith in you guys. Like, yeah, you have a strong team. You'll you'll bounce back. They do. They do have a strong team, but they had a. I mean, four. You get two points out of four games. That's not good. 
nah. unless you're Sheffield United. So. <laughs> okay, and transitioning over to the fan favorite of the week, I'll go first. I got Marcus Rashford written down. Um, I'm not a huge Marcus Rashford fan, but I did love to see that he um, he missed an absolute sitter in front of the net early on um, in the the Leicester City Man U game, but he actually really bounced back in this game and. I think for a Man U fan to see that and then see his performance just throughout the game, it was uh, really motivating and just pleasant to see, especially from Marcus Rashford, who Man U have just really invested in. And overall, Marcus Rashford is just a good guy. Uh, definitely like the yeah, I like that. Well. I like that pick a lot. Rashford, great guy. What he's done in the community, I don't know all the details of it, but I know he donated a bunch of meals to kids that didn't have meals um i don't know if it was just over the holidays or it was uh it was a couple months ago actually so he is uh and he also got some medal of like honor type thing uh for his actions so a great guy off the field uh and a good player on the field so that's a good pick my pick of the week is uh bayako saka from arsenal he is one of their own he is a going to be a big time player in the Premier League I think for Arsenal and he had a goal and assist against Chelsea and obviously that was a huge result he played great he looked dangerous and that's why he's my fan favorite of the week transitioning over to the walking traffic cone of the week Dugan if you want to start us out on this one yeah so I've got Tottenham's back line little that little stat we read earlier off explaining that Tottenham has dropped nine points uh, due to last 10-minute goals. Just absolutely earned a walking traffic cone of the week. They would be winning the Premier League or leading it right now um, because you can't win in December, like we said. But they would be leading the Premier League right now if their back line just played a whole 90 minutes, which is just absolutely shocking. And I feel bad uh, for all Tottenham fans. And then my uh, walking traffic cone of the week would be the collective unit of Sheffield United. Because although they played very tough against Everton, they only lost one nothing, which they were so close to getting a point. They didn't. And that's the raw truth. And sometimes it hurts to hear. But these guys have two points through 15 games. That's pretty traffic cone to me. Best of luck, Sheffield United. And now for the Logan Poncho interview. Welcome back, listeners. Thank you for listening to our Premier League recap. I'm in the studio with Logan Poncho and Connor Dugan. Logan, would you care to tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. And first off, it's an honor to be on the relegation station. Uh, my name is Logan Poncho, and I'm currently a senior on the Stanford men's soccer team. And I'm just excited to be here, boys. Yeah, of course. Thanks for thanks for being here and thanks for being our first ho- our first guest on the show. Yeah, Logan, we appreciate you coming out and um, talking to us a little bit about soccer and yourself and winter moment. We're really excited to get into this. So, I guess if we want to start off, um, can you tell us a little bit about when you started playing soccer and kind of the course of where you've gone with it? Yeah, I mean, it pretty much started straight out the womb, I believe. Um, I mean, I started off very young. I remember running around St. Albans, a church around here with, with uh, Kyle. 
Um, it progressed to playing for St. Louis Scott Gallagher, my boyhood club. Um, and soccer's given me a lot of things in my life. It took me to Florida. I was part of the under-17 residency program. Um, it took me to a great university uh, where I grew as a person and a player at Stanford University. And hopefully come January 21st, I'll uh, be looking towards a professional career when the MLS draft happens. But fingers crossed. Exciting times. And thanks for sharing that uh, with us. I guess starting us off with the question, I know you just mentioned it, uh, the under-17 residency program. What were your takeaways kind of from that? Did you did you like it? Did you not like it? Just reflect on your time a little bit for us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that two and a half years was one of the best two and a half years of my life. Um, it kind of captured everything I love to do. Uh, I was playing with some of the best players in the country, training every morning, doing battle with them on the field every morning, and, and that's what I love to do. But other than that, I also made some of the best friends I ever could have made, and they're, they're, those are two and a half years I always look back on fondly. But truth be told, I didn't really get everything I wanted from that program. Um, I made all the callbacks for all the semesters. They make cuts every semester, so five different semesters. Um, but I didn't end up making the two rosters that mattered. So. Not only did it did I have good times there, I also had bad, but you can't have the good times without the bad ones. So I, I, I would say I loved that experience, even though there was ups and downs within it. Yeah, that's right. And that's very interesting because that's such a different experience than what 99% of the high school kids have. Obviously, Dugan and I going to DeSmet, um, and then Logan actually going outside the city he was born and raised in. Um, kind of to a new place where he didn't know much about to grow as a person and a soccer player, right? Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I guess if you're living there, it's kind of like you're doing part of college, you know, living away from home in high school. So what was that to kind of transition to that at such an early age, you know? Yeah, so... This would be, almost be a better question for my mom, but I remember getting the email that was inviting me to come down to Florida and live there. And my mom was like, no way, Jeff. And Jeff is my dad. Um, and my dad was like, honey, you're not stopping him pretty much. And I packed my bags. So freshman year of high school, I lived away from my parents um, and my family, away from my hometown. And, and I kind of led a, a different life than a lot of other high schoolers lead, but I wouldn't trade it for anything. Definitely. That's really, really interesting, honestly. Um, I remember, like, I was 18 going off to college, and it was hard as shit then. Couldn't imagine being 14, 15, you know, and having yeah, to do that. Like, I was doing all the – how was, like, the cooking? I guess you got – you probably cooked. You got, you got yeah. your meals cooked, laundry. Yeah, I mean, it was classic, you know, dining hall experience. Sure. Um, a lot of people complain about it, but, you know, we didn't starve and there was meals there every time we needed them. So no complaints, I guess. Cafeteria was was uh, upgraded towards the end of my time there, which would have hoped happened earlier, but it's all good. Gotcha. And we know one uh, major relationship you took out of that one was your relationship with Christian Pulisic. Um, how did that relationship kind of start? Where's it gone today? Yeah, uh, that's a funny one. Um, me and Christian have talked about how we – we first met each other. I was uh, playing as a defensive mid, and he was playing as an attacking mid, and I was grabbing his penny, just being an absolute pest, and I don't think he liked me at first, but 
uh, as time would tell, we've become good friends because I think we have similar values and and our soccer playing, you know, desires and uh, just kind of the people we are. So that's how it started. Um, and obviously, he's a he's doing a little better than me, I'd say. <laughs> yeah, he's not doing too bad himself. So Logan, out of the kids at that program, which one did you just love going into battle with? Always having on your side and just, you know, like if you're playing in a scrimmage, you know, like who did you want on your team there? Oh, that's a good question. Um, there's a handful of guys you could pick. Um, Let's make it a better question. Pick a five-a-side team from your residency program <laughs> that you would just go to war with. Oh, absolutely. Um, I'm obviously going to pick Will and Goal. Uh, Will was my roommate. He's also Christian's cousin. I'm obviously going to pick Christian. I'm going to pick me. I'm putting myself on there. Well, of course. Have I to. have to. Yeah. I have to. There's no other way. Wow, there's a lot of good players there, and I feel like on the hot seat right now, I might forget some names, but I'll say uh, I need two more. You do. I mean, two Haji more. Wright. Haji Wright was an absolute absolute beast no one could stop him on his day so i'll pick haji and then ooh, i need a, a defender yeah sorts. we need a defender someone that came to practice and battled every day always respecting for it is hugo reliano sure yeah that's a pretty good squad so that'd be the squad huh yeah those guys are winning a lot of games that's what i can tell what, that's a tough team yeah those that's guys are team. scoring goals and breaking femurs yeah, we're we're there to battle as well. Um, other notable names, I was actually just looking at this picture on my phone today that of guys like Alex and Dejas was a good player. Honorable mentions. John Nelson, oh, what a guy he is! What a great guy. And Danny Barbier was also a baller. Luca Della Torre, Matthew Olasunde, all these guys are a lot of them are in Europe right now, and they they were good then. They're good now. Oh, Tyler Adams, Weston McKinney. There's a lot of names I missed there, boys. But holy smokes, we could make a good five-a-side team from that young group of guys. Yeah, for sure. And I think kind of transitioning to your next step in your career after that residency was going to Stanford. Not even talking about soccer. I think a lot of people have questions about Stanford just as a school, as a community. What are some interesting things about Stanford that you could tell your average person. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Like, People will ask me what makes Stanford special. Um, and I think as I exit it, only do I really start to realize what made it so special. And that would be just the disparate perspectives you have from all these different people from all around the world. And they're all insanely smart. So for me, it was like when I sat in a class, and someone's hand went up, it was worth my time to listen. It doesn't matter if they were asking a question, if they were just putting thoughts into the conversation, but in terms of being in the classroom, you were always surrounded by these people that you just knew had such a different and value and a valuable perspective and were just super smart. And it was just the people you were surrounded by are so different from you, yet they all seem to want what's best for the world and i think that's why it's such a special place because the people that fill it up it's cool awesome hell of an answer my yeah. god love that <laughs> thank you yeah, that was lovely um i think what's let's see 
I kind of want to talk about a couple of our discussions that are going to come that we just had previously mentioned yeah. in the Premier League recap. Well, um, I think before we get into that, um, we just got to hear a little about winter moment. You know, like when did you yeah. start it? What was yeah, the origins of it? Our, yeah. I mean, being our biggest um, advertiser, we just we need to get it out to the fans, you know? Yeah, the ones that are buying up the winter moment gear. Exactly. So there's obviously I'm going to be giving these guys some gear to give away to the, the followers of this, this podcast, the relegation station. So what when your moment is, it's, it's a clothing brand. Um, and the reason I started it was because I was just into clothes and I'm kind of an entrepreneurial mind and senior year of high school. I, I guess I found myself having extra time and I wanted to make something. So I made a clothing brand, I made a website, started advertising it, had some unique products. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. And I had an idea and I went for it. Um, I think that's why I started it. It was just something I, I, I wanted to put my time into. Follow-up question. What was the biggest takeaway from your learning experience in creating, creating a company? Just because you think it's a cool idea doesn't mean other people do. Interesting. Follow up, follow up. I've seen on the Winter Moment page that lots of incredible athletes, professional and amateur, um, love to share their stories with Winter Moment. Do you have a favorite story? I mean, they're all your favorite stories, but which story can you tell us about your brand that has truly affected someone else's life? You know, I think one thing that we did, um, that I've seen having a positive effect is the hoodie we made with Jordan Morris. Um, so he's a soccer player. He's been on the US men's national team. He went to Stanford, which is a super great guy. And we made a hoodie with him um, and it donated to his uh, type one diabetes foundation. And he is an athlete with type one diabetes and a, and a proud one. And he has an organization that, you know, brings up kids and, and holds little camps for kids and he's at them. and. I think that that line that we did was one of my favorites that we ever did because I feel like when I see him post pictures on on his Instagram for his his foundation, um, we can say like we we helped them make a difference in all these kids' lives. That's really cool. Awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. All right. I think diving into now going into some of the Premier League recap topics that we had previously mentioned but we told you we were going to get into in this interview the first one comes from really the arsenal chelsea game timo werner who put some unbelievable goal numbers up in the bundesliga last couple years comes to the premier league he's got four goals four assists in the premier league through 15 games why is that it's just the best league in the world. You need some time to adapt. I mean, he's going to come good. I'll promise you. Um, I think... Is it too early to say it's a bust? Way too early. Way too early. you got to give these time, guys time to adjust. And I think the narrative at Chelsea is changing a little bit in terms of giving these guys time to adjust. You look at Mo Salah, you look at Kevin De Bruyne, you look at Lukaku all these guys that Chelsea, you know, didn't give a fair enough chance. And now they're all some of the best players in the world after they leave the club. So Timo Werner, he'll come around. Don't worry. 
I'm not trying to put words into Timo Warner's mouth, but he did say the Premier League was a lot harder than the Bundesliga. So that might go to show that the Premier League is the best, the best league in the world. When I say the Premier League is the best league in the world, I say that for a couple of reasons, but the main reason being the entertainment value of the league. I think the entertainment, the speed at which it's played, the, every stadium, there's no track around the field. The fans are in your face. It is like the best atmosphere you could step foot into. Um, but I also think the physicality of the league is huge. And for a striker like Timo Werner, who's kind of been, you know, I don't want to say the Bundesliga is a soft league. Like, it's a tough league. It's a top five league in the world. It's a great league. And he scored a lot of goals, and he did very well. But I think when you're when you're going against against these guys on a cold Tuesday night in West Brom, I mean, these guys are not going to be messing around. They're going to be nipping at your ankles. They're going to be coming for your. They're going to be. They, you have a target on you. You're the forward. You play for Chelsea. You got a target on you. You got to go deal with these guys who are fighting for their lives. Yeah, it's a little more than ninety minutes of hell. That's what I gotta say. <laughs> That's the Premier League. I don't think there's a great argument to say that the Premier League is not the best best league in the world. I mean, there are so many guys I know that will wake up at 6 a.m. to catch a, a relegation battle. Fuck yeah. yeah. No no one more. No and there's one... not too many leagues out there that you do that for. No, absolutely not. I mean, come on. Are you going to wake up for La Liga? I don't even think it's called. It's called La, La Santara. La like Salamander that. or something like that. Yeah, so something along those lines. The Salamander Squanspanch. Yeah, you, the reason you watch the league is to watch the best player ever. Yeah, you watch that, right? And that's it. You watch it for the best player ever and the discussion. And you don't it. ever watch it to see how many teams are in the league. I don't know. In the Premier League, I know there's 20 teams. I know 18, 19, 20. They're going down. <laughs> when the year is over, they go down. Down to the championship they go. Sky Sports is going to be on their left arm, and they're going to hate it down there. But they're going to fight down there. They're going to. Because the championship is the second best league in the world. Arguably. (laughs) Now we're going to have a little bit of a discussion coming from the, stemming from the West Brom Liverpool game that ended 1-1. Sam Allardyce, who is supposedly the relegation Batman. Um, In his whole entire managerial career, he has never, not once, has he ever been relegated. And he's had some fantastic stories of keeping his team up um, when it looks certain that they were going down. Uh, Bolton Wonders, 2003. He has, out of the last 11 games, six wins, five draws. They stay up. West Ham goes down. We're going to look at Blackburn. Uh, 2008-2009 season. They're in 19th place halfway through the season. On the second half of the season, they only lose once. They stay up. Sunderland, 2015-2016. Wins three out of the last three. They stay up. Crystal Palace, 2016-2017. Took over when they were in 17th place. So one spot clear, and he kept them up. Although they weren't in the relegation, they were right there in it. And now, 2020. 2021, we see West Brom Albion gives him the hire. I mean, he's the right man for the job, it sounds like. Just as a, uh, a quick fact here before we actually dive into it. West Brom, they're in 19th place. So, yes, I think he is the right man for the job. He is the type of guy who gets his players absolutely 
going in the locker room. And they come out on that field and they give any team they're playing hell. Liverpool, they tie 1-1. They give them hell. That's what happens when Sam Allardyce is your manager. Yeah, Sam Allardyce has this reputation now. You gotta think these players know. They know a little bit about these stories. They know a little bit about the history of the league they play in. They've seen what this guy has done. So now these West Brom players go, "Oh no, we're bringing this guy in." They're thinking, "There's not a chance we go down. There's no way we go down. We have Sam Allardyce. We don't go down." He gets a lot of criticism for you know his style of play, but I think it's complete bollocks. I mean. This guy's trying to survive, you know? He's you take to... every point you can get. You park a steamboat and then a school bus and then a dump truck in front of it and you defend and you defend and you defend and then you score in a corner. A corner, a counter, something, you get a goal and all of a sudden you tie Liverpool top of the league yeah. and you get a massive point. You know, you know what Sam Allardyce's teams do? What time do they defend till? They defend. They might defend past midnight. I think they defend until they they defend well into the morning. Actually, yes, the wee hours we, of the morning. We, we normally say they defend till midnight, but these guys they look as if they could defend to the following midnight. And I, I did one thing I, I was thinking about as you guys are talking about this is is there's one thing you never do as a fantasy manager. You never triple captain a player that's going against a Sam Allardyce team. You just never do it. And if you do do it. You end up like Salah did. Bottom dwellers, 19th place. Liverpool's going to smash him. No. Who's at the helm? Sam Allardyce. Sam Allardyce had just changed the trajectory of many fantasy leagues this weekend. I think everyone's looking at a 19th West Brom. Uh, a Liverpool team coming off a 7-0 win versus Palace. Yeah. And they're thinking this Liverpool team legitimately might rip the shirts off the West Brom team. But that's the thing, you know, the, the Premier League is absolutely unpredictable. You got a Arsenal team that is absolutely reeling going against a Chelsea team that's looking good, you know? And what do Arsenal do? Huge win. Three points. Three points when no one thought. No one, not a single Arsenal supporter probably saw three points until maybe when they go play, uh, who they play? They play, it's not West Brom. They play Brighton next. They play Brighton tomorrow. Easy to. Um, so easy that, that's when people were thinking, "Oh, this is when we're go this is our next chance to get points because they're so low on the table." But, boom! The unpredictability of the Premier League—it shows. It's the magic of Boxing Day, man. I mean, it, it might just be the magic of Boxing Day mixed with the unpredictability. Is there a, is there a Santa Claus for Boxing Day? Show? I don't know. The Box Man. <laughs> I think just might be. Had to look more into that one. Okay, Logan, can you tell us what your favorite moment in your soccer career thus far has been? Yeah, a few come to mind. Winning the national championship with Stanford was definitely one of them. The daily grind in Florida at the residency program was definitely just a bunch of soccer moments that I'll look back on fondly. And there was one goal in my Stanford career. It was actually my first assist in my Stanford career. Uh, one of my best buddies, he had just broken up with his girlfriend from high school and he was, you know, a little down. So I put a, I put something into the blender. Put a tasty dropped. little treat in the blender for him? A tasty little cheer up treat in the blender for him and he smacks it in the top corner and 
What that's a great feeling for both of you guys. Absolutely. It was one of the best memories. The celebration was so hype. We were tied to 1-1. It was late in the game, and we go to the corner. That's awesome. Absolutely. There's nothing that can explain that kind of energy, that oh, feeling. That's fun. That was a lot of great emotions mixed together. Sure. There. Sure is. Love that. Love okay, that. Going, I guess going, moving on, who is your favorite player? I don't think – I'm definitely not – not you know gonna have a typical answer here i will say my favorite players and i've liked them since his newcastle days is the one and only genie genie vinealdum the unsung hero of liverpool i just think he's so overlooked sometimes and i appreciate him he's a workhorse he certainly is and he takes loads of criticism for i think nothing because his job his job description is not to score goals and get assists. No, absolutely not. Not at Liverpool. Not at, at Newcastle it was. And you know what he yeah, did? Yeah, he, he, did, he did that. And that's why he got to Liverpool. Exactly. And but his job's a little bit different now, and I love it because he is a workhorse. He is a workhorse. And another guy that I really like because I think I, I model my game after him is Reese James. Tough. And it, it's, Strong. It's, it's weird to say because he's about my age, and he's just levels ahead of me, but he's a beast. Yeah. Yeah, he's a good player, and I think he does resemble you as a player. He's got that good. He's got some good services into the blender. Tough, bulk. Well, yeah, he's got a little thickness to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like can him. see that. I do like that. Gets up and down, puts in a good ball. That's what you want on the right back. Cool. Okay, now that was your favorite player, but let's say you're streaking down the the wing of the field, 90th minute. You're looking to. Go ahead with um, a goal, you know, you're tied 1-1, whatever. Um, you see a forehead in the blender. Whose forehead do you want to see, and who do you know is putting that in the back of the net? All right, I will give you a person I know and then a person I don't know. The person I don't know will be first, and his name is obviously Peter Crouch. Who else would you want in there? I would say I do know it's going to the back of the net. <laughs> yeah, I, you, you're, I think between him and Andy Carroll, you're almost certain the ball is going to the back absolutely. of the net. It's going to thump off his head, and it's going to smash into the net. As long as it gets into his vicinity at nine feet, in between nine and six feet, it's in the back of the net. Drug was a good shout, too. Drug was good. There's a lot of good shouts, but yeah, Peter is. Crouch is just a lank monster, you know. And the other answer I was going to give is Gabe Siegel. This kid... He's a he's a or sophomore at Stanford right now. This guy just scores goals. He just knows how to put it in the back of the net. And when I'm against him, it pisses me off. When I'm on his team, I love it more than anything. Awesome. Toe pokes, headers, a fox in the box, just a deflection off him. It goes in the goal. Sounds like Jamie Vardy to me. I would I would go with Aaron Lescott because there's a lot of surface area on that forehead. So. <laughs> I know he's gonna it's gonna hit him somewhere on the forehead. <laughs> That's right, and I think I'd probably pick the one and only pair Mertesacker, <laughs> who, I mean, he, that dude is a German, a German silo. I think is the right thing. I mean, he's about as tall as a silo. He's tough. He's strong. He's a leader. And I'll tell you what, you put the ball in the blender onto his forehead. He's going to score a goal for you. You know someone, a shout we're missing? Sergio Ramos. Oh, he's good too. He is good. That's good. 
You hate to see it sometimes, but he is good. Yeah, he's pretty damn good. I think good. most of his goals have said I'd hate to see it, but <laughs> and he's a great player. We're not saying it also, but Zlatan would be pretty damn good. I mean, yeah. He'd probably, like, karate chop it. Yeah, he, he'd yeah. just do it by school. He yeah, really the reason I wouldn't head. pick him, it just wouldn't be certain that it'd be coming out of his head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Who are your favorite athletes outside the sport of soccer, and why do you admire them? Why do you care about them? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a few come to mind. I would say this is the most undisputed goat of all time, and that's why he's my favorite. Who do you think I'm about to say? I think you're going to say Michael Jordan, but I don't know. You guys are both thinking I'm saying MJ? No, wait, LeBron. No, you're wrong. Tom Brady. You're wrong. Roger Federer. Messi. Roger Federer. Thank you, Kyle. Hell yeah. He is just class in a glass, you know. He do, he can do no wrong. He's a top man. He's so class. He out there. is so old, and he's still smacking it with his racket. Well, I legitimately like. I'm kind of. I'm an adult fan. I like adult. I like adults. I think they're both very respectful. I think mm-hmm. the uh, who's the who's the third piece of the puzzle? Djokovic. Djokovic. I think that's Djokovic is not very, a third piece of the puzzle. Get out of here. It's an adult like, Federer. Ter- that's all it is. In terms of in terms of like trophies like he's almost right there with him he's but he but his like actions on the court have just completely wiped him out of the equation for me yeah. like he is he's classless on the court he yeah. really is like he has tantrums out there yeah and I mean, it's stuff you you don't really want to see it's, it's all based off passion but you know i'm just... thinking uh dude nadal watching him or i'm, I'm thinking of a nadal versus federer game bro watching those guys go about their business unbelievable they're sharp they are they have so much passion, but they're in such control all the time. It doesn't look like they're going too hard, although the ball is just going back and forth at like 100 miles an hour, rally after rally, point after point, hour after hour. Like, it's amazing to watch. And Fender is awesome. That is such a good pick. He's, I mean, I just, I just love the way he carries himself. And on top of that, he's the most successful ever to do it. What's not to love? A1 guy. That's what he is. He really is. Top man. What about any other athletes you got? I do love Damian Lillard. I think he is sick. He's fun to watch. I I mean, if you give me some time to think here, LeBron is obviously just an absolute specimen. Yeah. We won't see anything like him for yeah. a very what long about, time. What about um, sports, leagues, not leagues, just other sports? Like that you prefer to play yeah what would you like do you want to go out and you want to be michael phelps when you're in the pool like do you want no no i i don't like solo sports i love the team aspect um but with that being said it would be sick to be like a really good tennis player i don't think i would never want to do track i would never want to do swimming tennis sounds cool hockey would be sick i mean come on yeah, checking some guys in the boards flying around on the so ice. Fun. I mean, just the energy. But the, yeah. I think the uh, hockey and the idea of like going onto the ice for like I think it's like thirty-five to forty seconds is a typical shift or something like that. I think going out for thirty-five seconds and skating as hard as you can and then getting off because <laughs> the next guys are gonna go do that is like it's unmatched. One of the best things in all of sports. Like that is an awesome concept. Okay, I have a question for both of you guys. If you could be the best 
player at your sport in the world, which sport would you choose? I'm not going to say soccer just for the sake of this discussion. Yeah, that's fair. But I, th- I think I'd be... I, I think, think I'd, I'd do golf. golf. Oh, golf. Jinx. Golf. Jinx. Yeah, yeah dude. Jinx. Golf. You guys the, 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 um, there's just no t- wear and tear on your body unless you're like Tiger Woods and you train like a military soldier <laughs> for multiple years of your childhood. Um, no wear and tear on your body. You can play the game until you pretty much go six feet under if you manage to stay healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm switching my answer now because we can't both be golf. I'm going football. I want to be like Tom Brady. I want to be tossing dimes out there. I want the fans to erupt, you know, when I lead my team down on a last-minute drive and win it. Um, that would be awesome, too. I want people – yeah, I want to be on people's fantasies teams and, like, throwing up, like, a quiet 35 points like Josh Allen week after week. That would be sick. <laughs> that would be awesome. I mean, imagine if you won six Super Bowls. Can you, can you picture that? I mean, that's like – Oh, I can picture so it because cool. Tom Brady did it. And I'm Tom yeah, Brady right, now. How about aside from the World Cup, which competition do you think is the most prestigious to win? Prestigious, prestigious. Hmm. I'm gonna go like outside soccer because I think it's the Champions League right after. Yeah, I'd say Champions League, but so, yeah. Oh, I'm I got mine. Hard, is it harder to win the Premier League or Champions League? Uh, Premier League. It's harder to win Premier the Champions League. League. I think. Ooh. So. No, because. <laughs> Premier League, more games, and it's like you gotta stay consistent for that long. Liverpool, they've won six Champions Leagues, and they had not won the Premier League or the league title. It was the league title when they last won it 30 years ago, and they just won it. And that was like big, 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 like big time. Like, how do you weigh that? You know, who's won? So let's weigh it the other way. Arsenal's yeah. won the Premier League three times, yeah. and they've never won the Champions League. Yeah. It seems like the most godly-like thing you could do on earth is to win the Champions League as an Arsenal fan. Yeah, I think that's like so important. It's... I feel like Liverpool's had more success in the Champions League. Yeah, of course they have. Maybe. I don't know. They have had more success. Like, I think to the I statistics, I don't know, right? I don't, how, I don't know how many league titles they won, and what? how do we look at a league title compared to a Premier League title? I don't know. Yeah. That's I think the most prestigious that. competition outside of like just soccer is probably the Masters. Oh, that's, a, that's such a, a good tough one. one to win. Yeah. That is like, that's a tough one to win. Tough as hell year for year. Yeah. I think, not, I think the hardest trophy to win is the Stanley Cup. I don't think it's the most prestigious. I don't think it's more prestigious than winning at Augusta. But the Stanley Cup is the hardest trophy to win. I mean, you have to win 16 games, four series, seven, could be seven games. I think the Blues were six games, seven games, six games, seven games. I mean, could you imagine playing in that many games for two months, all to just go win a championship? That is a... An awesome feat, yeah, for any team to take on That's or endure. Well, thank you, Logan, for coming out and being our first guest. We truly appreciate it. Um, I think the fans are going to learn a lot about you, a lot about your interests, um, a lot about what you value in terms of athletic competition and just athletes in general. Um, and I think 
for any listener, they're going to really enjoy this interview. Um, I really appreciate you coming out and being our first first one on the relegation station. Absolutely. I appreciate the time, and let's avoid the drop this year, boys.